Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on episode two of Tilly Talks. If you watched the first one, um, I just want to say thank you. I know a lot of you have been enjoying it and hearing your feedback is really important to me. So keep it coming. I really appreciate it. For this episode, um, I think this is going to be a really good one for every creative young person out there. Um, I would like to welcome Natasha and Laurie, if you'd like to introduce yourselves. Hello. (laughs) Hi. Tash, go first. Go for it. Tash, Natasha. Natasha. And I am a a marketing freelancer. Yeah, and I'm Laurie, and I am a freelancer. Um, uh, I do presenting and uh, radio bits and bobs and lots of different things, I guess. Yeah, so I wanted to ask, first starting... Um, at the very beginning, how did you know, like, what you wanted to do? Like, did you know from a young age this is what you wanted to do, or was it like switched? No idea. I had no yeah. idea. I loved music. I loved entertainment. I loved film. Yeah. Um, I loved like creativity. I loved storytelling. Um, so I had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah. It. I only really fell into my career later in life when I was like kind of approaching my 30s. Mm. So I was just like then going, oh, I've got a job in marketing, in radio. <laughs> it's with a radio station that I love. Yeah. Wow, I've always loved this station. I've always wanted to work for them. I didn't know what I wanted to do though. Yeah. I had really no idea what marketing was in a professional sense as in being behind the desk and doing the job. Um, hadn't been trained in that area. Yeah. But I'd gone to college, I'd done business admin, I'd done secretarial work. so. I just basically just used my wits and the information that I'd learned on the way through college to then get this job um, working at a radio station in their marketing team. And so how did you like approach the, the radio station? So I've, um, because of my interest in things, so yeah. with film and radio and music, I always do a lot of research. So I would look up who were the producers. Yeah. I would listen to the radio show and hear their little segments, be like, oh, I want to be part of that. Yeah. And then you'd get to know who was working behind the scenes. So with that, I worked out the business and the company that owned the yeah. radio station. Mm. And I realised they also owned loads of magazines, they owned TV stations. Like, it was a big, it's a big media company called Bauer. Um, at the time, it's called EMAP. And then um, from that point, I started to get jobs in... Um, like kind of I was doing temp work yeah so I was a secretary working for different PA like working for different businesses and then I thought to myself I want to get into media so I worked in a TV company for Mm. about a year and a half and then I saw a job opportunity at EMAP and I went for that job and I got it and I worked within yeah (laughs) within the advertising team I was a PA to the top bods so you get to know all the information that's going on that nobody else knows yeah um and then eventually I worked my way into working at KISS so I just did it that way Mm. what about you Laurie and also can I just say she's top dog what she does (laughs) Tash she's top dog um Um, I I di- I wanted to be an actress actually before I decided to do radio. Yeah. And I did all the theatre school stuff and the singing and acting and dancing and prattling about. Yeah. Doing that, and then I loved music so much that I was always making playlists. That cliche thing. Um, and someone was like, "You know, you should be a radio presenter, don't you?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do that." And that's literally like. And then and then I was 15 when that happened. And then I was, like, dead set on being a radio presenter. Yeah. Like, everything 
I did everything in my that I could possibly do. So I started at BBC Northampton when I was 17, just making cups of tea. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went to Bournemouth University and to do radio production. And then I was coming up to London twice a week to work at KISS, which is where I met Tash. And I was working with Tash's best mate, Charlotte Coker. Hey, shout her out. Yeah, big up Charlotte. Literally <laughs> such a massive inspiration to me. Um, and still is to this day, just a proper boss woman. Mm. Um, as Tash is. Um, and you. Yeah, and me too. Yeah, and yes. you too, and Tilly. You too. You know, all of us together. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I always I always kind of knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, from the start. That's because a lot of people like laugh. Like I know, like remember Ronnie from uh, a couple of weeks ago, like she was saying that she started making cups of tea, but like mm. people like think it's silly mm. and like laugh. But that's how you start though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, I've seen, obviously, through meeting you and um, doing stuff at UF, Young Urban Arts Foundation, I've met a lot of young people that are like, I'm not making tea. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know how many cups of tea I made or how, mu- how much free work we all had to do at the start? Yeah. Like, everyone I know that works at Radio 1, everyone I know that works, like, Top Dog, Spotify, Apple, all these big people in these big places, they all started, like making tea, like being a bit meek, like trying to get around the building. Yeah. Like they were those kind of people. You have to you have to work from the ground up, I think. So really what would you recommend for like people my age? Because like I'm still going through the starting the process now. Like what would you recommend is like the starting like the the first moves that you have to make because I know like I've been e- messaging and emailing producers and it's end up working out like for BBC and mm. things like that. So the cups of tea, the messaging producers. There any like anything else? Because it's harder than it seems for certain things. I know for TV especially, mm. it's much harder like than other things. Yeah, I mean, getting into the creative industries is always going to be. There's always going to be a large amount of people that want to get in. Yeah, get in there. Mm. I think what it boils down to is <clears throat> the passion. Yeah, and the drive mm. that you've got and not to deter yourself off your path. So if you don't know exactly what you want to do, like you don't know exactly if you want to be in front of the camera or if you want to be behind or if you want to be part of the office team or, you know, whatever, or actually part of the strategy of building what the business is, what you should do is get a job in there. If you are making tea, if you are a runner, if you're doing like the kind of assistant roles, those roles aren't just about making tea because mm. if you utilise them cleverly, yeah. you will learn a lot. Mm. You will see a lot. You use your eyes, you use your ears, you listen, you mm. meet people, you network, and then you sort of like, you have to shine. Yeah. So when I've got a young person who does that in a pro- project that I'm working on and I, I'm like, I remember that person. Mm. Yeah. I want to give them a job. Yeah. yeah. And then they stay in my mind. But if you're very kind of like not keen on doing the kind of like the work that we all have had to do, the hard work, yeah. is going to be tougher for you. Yeah, it's all about those conversations too. Like <clears throat> that cup of tea you're making, you could be making that cup of tea with matey boy that does a radio show, yeah, yeah. you know, big time presenter. Yep. You know, you're in the mm-hmm. office, at a, um, you're working, doing a bit of work experience at a label, you're stood next to CEO, you know, you're telling, telling him about your projects. Yeah. I also think we're in a, a very interesting time for creatives where you can do, you can make content like mm-hmm. you're doing right now, Tilly. Yeah. Like we're in a time and a place where you don't really need these big businesses to go ahead and make successful content now. Yeah. 
So I think if you're doing something and you've got a project you can talk about when you're making the tea, that's, I would recommend for both of those things to happen. Yeah, because I know, like, especially for me, like I say all the time that I I struggle to, like, go up to people Mm -hmm. and things like that. Like, there's so many times that um, I've been in the presence of people that could just put a word in for me and then I'm set. But Mm. because of, like, the pushback of being just anxious to go up to people, and I know a lot of young people struggle with that in general, just, like, getting their friends to order McDonald's for them. Like, it's like that as well. So did you... How did you, like, get over that kind of thing? Because it's, it's like, a long, ongoing thing that I just want to get rid of. Yeah, I think... um, putting yourselves in less conventional networking situations will help you. For example, if you go to a networking event, that makes me feel like just that is, it's really slight. It feels like it's not natural to us. And I'm not saying you need to go to nightclubs and party and do whatever, but if you're in radio stations, there's lots of people that work in music and radio stations. You want to find like organic hubs where you can just meet people. Oh, cool, what do you do? Oh, sweet, did it? that's networking. Yeah. Rather than, like, if you go to a networking event, there's a lot of pressure on that. Yeah. Um, so I think I was networking before I even realised I was networking. Yeah. I was, just, I was just doing things and meeting people, and they were going, do you want to come to this event with me? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I feel awkward about that because I don't really know you, but let's do it. And then you meet people, and then all of a sudden you have your network. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good advice, actually. Thank you, Tash. Yeah. Um, I think the way that I've gotten over... It's really... Because I've always been quite an outspoken person, I've never really... <laughs> to say the least. I've never <laughs> found it very hard to talk to people. Understatement. Um, yeah. Um, but I've actually now found it, like, through lockdown and COVID, yeah. coming out of that, I've noticed that my personality has become a little bit more suppressed. Yeah. So I find it hard as in my big age, to go out and network with people and say, hey, I'm so-and-so, this is what I do, and having the confidence in myself. The way that I've found myself to get out of that is about, like, taking my time and waiting, going into the space and making sure I feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I'm wearing a jacket or I've got my nails done, like you have today, (laughs) and... Like, somebody will come up to me and be like, your jacket's wicked. Mm. Or, like, really like your sunglasses. Mm. Or, you know, something like that. It's about eye contact, too. So if you're not feeling confident to speak, just stand and look. And have a kind of expression on your face that's open. Mm. Because people will come to you. And, you know, even if you're interested in something, you might say to that person, I really like... I really like that book you're reading or I really like, or have you seen, I've watched that podcast yeah. and then you've got something common to sort of talk about. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an icebreaker, but it, it still takes that, take a step, mm. take a step forward. And also just remember that most people feel like how you, they feel yeah. like you in that moment. Yeah. It's not, unless, unless they know you or like they're super confident, most people feel the same as you. Mm-hmm. I was talking about this with some young people the other day, but um, I feel like the more you do it and the older you get, it's not about it being less awkward. It's more about uh, accepting. You get to learn to accept that awkwardness. Yeah. It's going to be a bit quiet, maybe a bit like, mm-hmm. oh, we've, we've got yeah. nothing left to talk about. But that's fine. 
because I've done this a million times <laughs> and you just learn to accept that sometimes it's a bit awkward. Yeah. And then you it's move true. on and forget about it, don't and you? And then if there's a tune playing in the background or something like that, or if there's some really cool art or something, you've yeah. got like something to talk about. I just focus on that instead. Yeah. I'm just like, that's really cool. <laughs> Who wants to listen to me talk about this? Yeah, yeah. Or you'd be like, oh, isn't the weather great? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like, actually, I'm that's hungry. Yeah. Or, yeah. And then you're the like, food. oh, that cliche, that cliche <laughs> stuff we have to talk about. And, they, and they're just like, thank God you said it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're having a normal conversation, probably, because actually you both just feel really weird about it. Yeah. So how did you find UF? Wow. Well, um, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, was having a birthday party <laughs> and the CEO of Young Urban Arts Foundation was at the same party and mm. she was emceeing. And mm. I was like, who's this woman? And then, so my friend Reju told me about Kerry and she explained to me about the charity. I was actually in a point of, I'd left my jobs, like my permanent jobs. Mm. I had no work. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing and you don't ever think you're going to get to that space but trust me it happens to everybody it doesn't just happen when you're younger yeah. so I so Reggie basically said do you know what Kerry's looking for a marketing consultant because she's got some um, partnerships and programs like that she needs work on and then I met Kerry and it was just four of us in a really small office and then we had a fundraising event and I knew that Laurie would be a perfect person to be part of the event and attend and meet Kerry, the love of drum and bass, the world of drum and bass yeah. and music. So, yeah. yeah. And that's that's how I found you after, really at that nice. event, yeah. Went as a punter and then started, like, yeah, at the event and then did, like, a... I did one volunteering shift doing, a like, a as a podcast tutor and then Kerry was like, you clearly care a lot, I'm going to give you a job. And then I started doing paid work as a podcast tutor. So how did you, like, what, what do you enjoy like getting out of working with young people because when like as a young person sometimes I'd be like well why would you want to do that yeah so what, yeah. what, what makes you like want to work with young people because pe you could just work for yourself yeah you know <clears throat> but that's a very good question I think for me it's like the I love working with young people I love like working with kids I think I just I just love it but I think um what I, what I love from Futures and when I've done work with, with the Roundhouse and some other charities is the, the trans, seeing the transformation in real time in front of your, your eyes, like mm. meeting a young person that's like lacking confidence, they don't quite know, duh, 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 they're a bit like, Ugh. and then like six weeks later, they are like bossing their own podcast. So me. They're like, yeah, like you, <laughs> you and so many of the people that I've met, it's like, it makes me feel emotional and just seeing seeing that transformation happen through the work that you're doing is incredible. Yeah. It's so it's so nice. And then seeing you all like doing your own thing. Like yesterday when we ran a session at the Halley in Haggerston, um, we had three young people come back from previous cohorts and then Miguel, who's from previous cohorts, there were loads of people came back on the cohort that you were involved in as well, Tilly. Yeah. And they would they just smashed it, didn't they? They were owned their yeah. that owned their position. Mm. They were super confident. They came out, they were giving us feedback, they were trying to work with us on these things, and I was just like, Wow, these were not the same people that I met when I first met them and mm. that's really beautiful. Yeah. It's that's like and watching them I don't know, like transform mm. in a way. Yeah. That influence from your like work that you've done always makes me feel so inspired. I'm so impressed by it. 
Um, and it because the young people impress me so much mm. when they come and like Tilly when you said to me can you talk more I was like oh you've got a podcast <laughs> have you mm. I was like impressed straight away yeah like all these things the very small things of the, the sort of development of a young person in their creative space yeah. and you, you're there watching it observing it knowing yeah. that you've been part of that story yeah it, it there's a feeling you get from helping other people find who they are it's just such a, a feeling that you can't explain. And yeah. it's also like you feel to yourself, like when I was younger, I really do wish I had somebody who was mm, like that yeah. to kind of give me the guidance so I could have got probably where I was a bit earlier yeah. in time. But it, everything happens at the right time. Mm. There's no rush in everything. However, the reason why I like working for UAF is there's just such a, there's such a massive need of young creatives needing a safe space to be able to go and create and explore who they are. Mm. The discovery of who you are is just such a beautiful stage. And when you're going through it, it's like, I hate this. It feels like yeah. a mess. I hate it feels it. horrendous. But then when you come out the other side of that phase, that, that section, mm. you, find, you kind of feel like, wow, look at what I did. Look at where I am now versus back yeah. then. So being part of that story and helping somebody understand and unlock that, mm. I, love, I love being part of that story. Yeah, it's really nice. It is nice. It's wholesome. Yeah, it is. We all got to help each other. Yeah. You know, you're going to go on and when you do that, you're going to do the same thing. Trust me, when you get mm -hmm. older, you'll find young people or young creatives that you can offer your skills and expertise. Because I already feel like I'm helping people now because yeah. a lot of, I feel, that's another thing that I was talking to you about when we did the other cohort like a couple of weeks ago. But when you asked me um, something about what, why is it important for young people to come back and teach mm. other young people? And I think that um, I would feel, if it was me, I would feel more comfortable asking like my friend that I know does all of this stuff mm. rather than someone that I have on LinkedIn. So yeah. I think that being like, um, just having people around you that are the same age as you and you can relate to more mm. is really like nice. Yeah, I agree. It's more in, like it's inspirational for like being probably a year or two older than mm. someone and just and then looking at you and going that's not far for me to go yeah you know? yeah yeah um, rather than someone who's probably like you said to me you know someone who's maybe 10 15 years mm. it feels a little bit of a further reach yeah um but when you see and uh, like you've excelled in a in a time space and we're in close in age yeah man i can achieve that yeah, yeah and things are so that. different now than they are when i when i was getting into it and then yeah. it's different so when you were getting into yeah. it mm. so it's really relevant and um yeah your experience to people just and you also you're in a bracket like an age bracket maybe you're like 5 years where in the next five years, you'll all be probably quite established in the industry. Yeah. So they'll be your connections. It's so true. They'll just be. <laughs> That's so. They'll true. be your mates that you like go to the pub with, and you're like, this guy has not paid my invoice. Yeah. <laughs> for like, and I and I've chased him, and I've chased him, and, I, and they'll go exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. Or and you'll be like, like, can you like. Put, uh, put this track out on your label, please. Yeah, please. Or can you, please. Like, that, that's what happens. You you all then start to mix. Yeah. I completely forgot yeah, yeah. that. It's so true. And I said to someone the other day, like, just always remember, when you're a freelancer or you're a creative person, it's not a load of, like, well, sometimes it's loads of middle-class white men, uh, middle-aged yeah. white men, but a lot of the time it's, like, loads of, like, really sound people around a table and they're all knackered and they're all, like... They've had like five coffees and they're like, yeah, sweet, we need a team. Oh, ring Tilly. She was she was good. She was good on that last one. 
and because they because you made a good impression yeah they go oh but oh, actually Laurie she actually do you remember that thing oh don't bring her back yeah like those conversations are real and they just want to work with sound people because they need to get the job done yeah and don't forget everybody's in creative industries are geeks yeah, they we're all geeky. <laughs> geeky. They love art. They love music. And tech. Love, and tech. Yeah. Love, love tech. a bit of tech. They love yeah. audio and tech and yeah. like talking about it and talk. Yeah, it's really geeky. It's yeah. real so, massive yeah. geeks. So we love like connecting with people like that that might be a little bit overly technical. Oh, yeah. cool. I can give that to her because I know she understands it. Yeah. yeah. It's important. Yeah. yeah. I feel like now there's so much uh, within my age group, there's so much, not to make you feel old. But like hey, yeah, you did a little bit there <laughs> to me, but that's that right. line, just you that entry given. line. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but like with the the, the TikTok kind of generation, yeah. there's so mm. many like people, because um, you know, like I'm doing it more the traditional way, like with the degree mm. and apprenticeship and all that stuff. But so many people have just they're like set for like the next twenty years because they made like a really good video on TikTok, yeah. and then now they've got like brand deals and things like that, mm. and then now they're just set. But to me, I mean, like, props to them. I'm yeah. not going to, like, I'm not going to um, poo-poo anybody who's, like, doing really well. Mm. I don't know what experience they've gained from that. What experience to me that if I was going to employ that TikTok influencer, it would only be because I need to get a brand out, right? Yeah. But say they that, like, loses its flavour, you yeah. know? Like, that's done. That was a one-time thing. What mm. else you got? Yeah. What else you got? Yeah. Like, it, at least if you're learning and nurturing yourself and exploring all different avenues of your creativity, not just focusing on one thing and it, like taking that big bang and thinking that's going to propel you for the rest of your future. Yeah. You have to have different. You have to be a Swiss yeah. Army knife. Mm. You have to have like lots of different like strings to your bow, because yeah. you know you could. Okay, for example, I worked in radio that didn't pan out into the biggest career that it probably, like I probably thought it was going to do. But what it did do is gave me a set of skills yeah. and experience, contacts, mm. and just such a great time that I learned. And yeah. lots of bad things that I learned as well. Yeah. Um, to then be able to be a freelancer and then start working out what my path was. Yeah. And it's about having, like, <clears throat> it's about having, uh, well, longevity. Like, how can you, like, maintain a career like mm. people that have blown up on tiktok um my my partner just blew up on tiktok really yeah he went for andrew Our turner plug. lasers <laughs> <laughs> best laser show designer Actually, on planet lasers Earth. Are crazy um, they are so good but yeah, he made one TikTok about, it was like talking lasers. And he was just like, oh, I'm just going to try it. But I think it's quite good. And I was like, yeah, it's good. And he went from having 80,000 followers, no, 8,000, fo no, 80 followers on TikTok to having 170,000 in like two weeks. Really? People messaging him, emailing him. And he's just like, I don't know what to do with this. Like he's different because he's ha already had his 12 years in that industry. But I do, I've seen it in other people too. When it happens, they're almost like, well, I don't know what to do with this, and it gives them a lot of anxiety. It's, there's a lot of pressure. Mm. I don't know where this whole TikTok thing is going, because even like when I've went up, been up to major labels, and heard them talk to the young people through Futures, they're like, they kind of see through it as well. Like they're going along with the whole TikTok thing. Like, yeah, these artists are big and they're popping off on TikTok, but they also are seeing them for what they are a little bit. No offense to whoever, but like you know, the art is art is art, and if it's 
if it's only popping because you're TikTok, yeah. there are going to be people that see that that are there to look for talent. Yeah. And they understand that actually that's going off on TikTok. Is it the best track? Don't know. Exactly. But people see it for what it is. So it's, I don't know where this is going. It is. It's like you that moment you had a great idea and mm. it worked and it gave you something. Yeah. But like Laurie is saying exactly that. Is that person talented enough for me to say... I want them to come in and present and do a, a kind of... Um, I want them to do an audition for a show so I can maybe book them as a presenter yeah. for this big, like, one-year, like, show. Yeah. And they come in and they don't have that because and, they're yeah. only used to being... Yeah. And it's a shame for them. And actually, that, that's why I don't like all this TikTok stuff is because I feel like it's setting people up to fail. Yeah. Yeah. It's letting yeah. really, you know, honest people that just want to make a living and have a chance at something that it's making them, giving them anxiety or, like, making them think they have to achieve greatness on TikTok to, to be yeah. someone or something. And it and it's it's awful. I just yeah. think, I just don't know where this is all going. Because with, like, my... Because uh, with this podcast and, like, other things that I do, like, when I write my blogs and things like that, yeah. mm. like, I don't know, I feel like I feel the need to go on TikTok and say... Because I feel like that's the main spot, like, if you want to get more yeah. attention. Because on Instagram, you can do, like, hashtags and you can boost the post, like, by paying for it. But what would you, like, say for exposure? Because networking events, not everybody can do. Mm. So, like, like, what else is there to, like, give yourself exposure? I met the... I met someone from YouTube, I forget his title, but he's quite high up, oops. Um, but his name is James, and he ran a workshop, and he was talking about, like, your YouTube channel and being able to kind of cultivate the content on it so you can start to obviously encourage a community, you can create a community, which then will help with your views and, and all of those good things for YouTube, right? Yeah. But I said to him, so if I was going to want to work with some brand partners over YouTube with this brand and you know this charity what what would i do and he went if you're active we will find you mm. and it is about i believe and what i've seen is when someone is really passionate about a certain topic and they're on a social media platform and they're speaking about that topic that's what helps them create a lovely community mm. they can nurture that community offer them great content so mm. but when you're coming on and you're doing just a one, you're, you're trying to fit in, that's when it starts to jar, and yeah. you might not find your feet. However, there is a discovery, but what I, my advice to you is about finding what you're passionate about talking about, and when you find a topic that you're t passionate talking about, take it to TikTok, mm. take it to Instagram, take it to YouTube Shorts, do all of that good stuff, but you have to be passionate about it, yeah. like, and then break it up into a series. How do I want to break this topic up and what do I want to show and if you mm. do that pre-planning which you probably would do anyway because you're very organised um, you will find that that is the better way to promote who you are, what you're about and then you can start dropping in maybe a little bit more direct promotion about my podcast yeah. or XYZ mm. Yeah I think that's good advice and I think just just don't, oh god, just don't lose the love for what you're doing like don't be disheartened by not making money or like doing stuff for free. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any way around social media at this point. I think you do have to play a bit of a game. Yeah. But don't be disheartened if you're not getting the views. I think if your content is good and you're meeting the right people, 
they'll want to book you. So, like, if you're a radio presenter but you're trying to do more on, on uh, TikTok, you need to be able to present. That needs to be good and it needs to make you feel good because then that's going to come across on air. Same with, my like, music production. Like, you can do all these things, but actually, like, you need to keep the love for it. And if you, if someone finds you from a label and wants you to make music for them, they don't really care about your TikTok if you can make yeah. really good music. You could be a songwriter. You could do something behind the scenes. Mm. There's so many opportunities, and we get so hooked up on, and on like, views and likes and stuff that actually it, it just makes you feel awful. Yeah. So I'm at a point with all my stuff where I'm just like... I don't even want to make money from radio anymore. I'm so I don't want to try and do that. I don't want to. I don't want to have this. I don't have the same goals that I used to. I just want to get the love back for it, yeah. which I'm doing through my new podcast, Sunday Sofa Sounds. If anyone wants to plug, plug, plug. listen to that it's on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great show. Yeah, it's exactly. a great show. But you know, just like do something because you love it. And it's like if you if you have um, if you're only making money off your creative thing. I found that I ended up hating it a little bit. Mm. So I needed to mix it up a little bit. So have different things going on. Do some businessy stuff. Do some, like, go and work in a pub. Make a podcast on the weekend. Mm. Do, like, have, like, a variety is the spice of life. I don't even remember what the question was. But you are, <laughs> a, you are an actually uh, an example of that because you everything that you do do is because you love it. Yeah. And when yeah. you do it, it's so good. The mm. quality is so good. Makes and it sense. gets a great response. Yeah. So that's very clear, as in, if you do something, talk about something, work on something that you love and you're passionate about, it will come across on them platforms. Yeah. yeah. And if you and if you find that you don't love it for a bit, park it there. Mm. You, do, you When you decide to do something, like have a career, you're not set in that. It's not set in stone until you, you literally die. Mm. You can do it for 10 years and change it up just because you get to, like, you know, you smash it out 330s in music. I want to work in film and TV now. That's possible. You can do it when you're 50, 60. Do what, there's no time restraints, really. Mm. Just, um, yeah, if you fall out of love with it, try and just do something else and bring bring your passion back in some in So that's anyway. another thing. Like, you know how it's not, it's not like a, it's not a, it's not a career, like, because I've been in, I've come out of, like, <coughs> proper school, like, not that many years ago. So I know that, like, going, through, and I think this is the reason, like, when I mentioned in my other episode, the reason why... I had like 60 career changes in the space of like 10 years because like the whole time that I was going through education, it's just been the same old boring, Mm. just plain jobs that they expect you to do and that they prepare you for. Mm. So that I think that's why like I had to realize I want to do what this, like I want to do this kind of job because of things that I've done outside of school. So when I used to like write little short stories on, like these book platforms when I was in year eight and yeah. like when I had like my own little amateur podcast when I was in when I was starting sick form like none of these things are like pushed through mm. um through normal traditional schools so a, a lot of people and including me think that maybe this career is risky yeah to choose yeah would you agree or like I mean you might see it like two different ways yeah so much more further than I am but uh, I think I think everything freelance is a bit of a risk in some respect at the start. I think because if you're not employed by a company that's where you got that security, you you are trying to make money on the side. But 
I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think anything's a risk if it's what you want to do. Like this is what I mean with variety. Like make sure you're earning your money. You've got your bread and butter. Yeah. You've got your. You're building business like skills and entrepreneurial skills elsewhere, and you've got your podcast. And then eventually that kind of takes over a bit. All right, you leave that job, and then you, you've got your security in a part time job, and you do this three days a week, and it's like you just end up kind of juggling juggling it and making it work for you but everyone's different um I don't think it's a risky career mm. but it's but I understand that it probably looks like it is yeah it but does. I just say to really work on your skills work on your editing skills too like if you want to work in podcasting and radio you could start off by being an editor for a big podcasting like production company yeah. and then you might end up getting a job there and then doing your own podcast on the side yeah so it is a it is a job where you can make money but I think every job's risky yeah, I agree. I was just yeah. going to say, every job, anything you take is going to be risky. Yeah. From my experience, like, mm. like up to this point, sometimes I could lose my contracts tomorrow yeah. and then I've got to find more work and then be back in that circle of looking for work. Like, nothing is ever guaranteed. Mm. But what is guaranteed is I've accumulated experience, skills, yeah. networking and contacts and I've got a passion for what I do. Yeah. So if I've got all those things and I apply them to trying to find other work, mm. wicked. Risks are really great for growth. Mm-hmm. It's like whatever you want to do in life. Obviously, if you wanted to be a doctor and you want to like learn about that and go to uni, you're going to earn that money. You're going to earn mm. that doctor money, but you have to be interested in yeah. it yeah. and you have to have a want to do it. But these jobs can be well paid. Yeah. Um, and you can make money from it. It's yeah. just about how you navigate your passions and where you find yourself learning mm. along the way. I'm still yeah. learning. Yeah. I think as well, um, uh, I can't remember what you just said that made oh, me think of this, Tash. Great. <coughs> great. Unforgettable. No, you Comment. said a lot of good stuff. So I was like, I, I was going to say something, then you said something else good. And I was like, well, I'll hold that there, Laurie. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Um, Gone. No, no, it's fine. Right. But what I was going to say is in terms of risks, oh, how they, how they, they're very character building. So yes. risks are very character building, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like when I, I worked in artist management for two, two and a half years, and I, I realised probably about two years into that job, that I, I loved it so much, but I wasn't growing mm. and I wanted to work more in radio. So I decided to leave. I'd already like worked at Kiss for like two years on like a freelance uh, level, but I'd done lots of different things at different radio stations. I'd done freelance work at One Extra and Asian Network, and then I was working for this big DJ. But I was like, I'm going to leave. I've got all this experience and be a freelancer. So I left my full-time job without any um, security and I, um, and I could not get a job. Yeah. I could not get a job. I went for meetings at Universal, Sony, record like other record labels, like radio stations. I was desperate to get a job, but I couldn't get one. So I did promo work, handing out leaflets and stuff, and that opened up a whole world to me of yeah. like creative people, musicians, magicians, comedians, like trying to like make a living, creative people. Yeah. I was like mates and doing jobs jobs with like people like stuntmen off like spider-man really yeah the promo That's world cool. is amazing for like creative people that need to earn a bit of cash mm. i was working on burger vans like a, mm. a festival in london that i used to work out with the dj I worked worked for before i'd always be backstage and looking out at this like these ten thousand people and then the year after i was working on a burger van in the same festival 
And it's like, that's just life. Mm. Like, you have to take the risk and go for it. And I, eventually I made it work for myself and started to really build myself up as a freelancer. But I was on, I, I was working behind bars and, and um, burger vans, and I was like, wow, that, I'm really humbled. <laughs> I'm like, it's a humbling yeah. experience, but it's very character-building, and actually you realise you, you need to make money. Yeah. That's, that's as simple as that. The thread through it all as well is about you being passionate about what you enjoy and yeah. what you liked. And I think you've got that focus... Mm. and don't put yourself in a box mm. yeah. because one thing is nothing is there's no limits there is no the only limits are what you put on yourself yeah. nobody else puts the limit on you it's, yeah. it's down to yourself so just just to like lay it down quick mm. what would you say maybe two or three points you recommend just getting started anyone that has an idea mm. I want to do a podcast I want to do radio I want to do this three points that you just say I would recommend starting out doing these two things I think if anybody who's starting out um, first of all if it's specifically podcasting songwriting or becoming a vocalist find out where you can find your community and where you can learn and like, like make contacts so vocalists have communities songwriters do so do people who are interested in broadcast and podcasting yeah. and then also start doing your own stuff mm-hmm. just do it really rough do it at home just, just, just make, just create. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, and then when you've created, then the last thing I would say is just understand what you're passionate about. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I was literally just going to say that, but mainly just get started because I tell you now, I cringe when I listen to my first radio shows yeah. and it takes a long time to develop a skill, whatever it is, so just get started today and have fun Mm-hmm. have yeah. fun with it yeah. play we don't play enough yeah. play have fun enjoy yourself because if you're going to end up doing this for the rest of your life you want to enjoy your life if it's going to be your work you mm-hmm. want to enjoy it so just make sure that you're having the best time that you can there's no time limit there's no there's no no you've got to be this age to have done this you've got to be this age to achieve yeah. that take that out of your heads anybody mm-hmm. who's listening take it out of your head all you need to do is to live your life, enjoy what you do, be truthful to yourself and be passionate about what you're doing as well. Be open to growth and just like, just enjoy the process of finding your journey. Yeah, right. Well, that ends that. Aww. I want to say thank you so much for coming. I, I can't thank tell you how much I'm so happy to, for you to be here. Oh, Tilly, it's been a pleasure. So proud of you. You're smashing it. Thank um, you. And you're doing a really good job on this podcast. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you both for coming. Thanks, Thanks for having you. us. Thanks for having us. Thank, thank you. you. Stay tuned for the next couple of episodes. Got some good things coming up. So, yeah. Thank you for listening. Oi, oi. Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs>